Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brendan Hauser with Evoke Bikes. So I had a really good email with the subject title that was No Drop Social Rides. And shout out to Ellen who sent this in to me. And she said, I've been checking in on your podcast while I'm doing my bike maintenance this year. And I really appreciate the exposure to some more advanced level training with your emphasis on bike life balance. I'm only in a few years into cycling, but was a speed skater before. And your podcast inspired me to clarify what my goals are for this year. I'm 46 and I love that I feel like I'm being challenged about age beliefs and all other limiting beliefs about myself. So kudos, Ellen. I appreciate that you're catching those vibes from us. It's not just Watts. We want to make this all work with all of our lives and training's got to be fun. And so here's your question, though, that really brought me back in thinking about finding the right ride as I was going through different categories and learning how to upgrade. And she said, I listened to one of your podcasts about group rides and I have a training etiquette question. I started doing social rides a year a year ago to meet people and to learn how to handle my bike with other people around me. Kudos. This is a great start. Recently, I've been challenging myself to go to no drop rides that average a higher speed than what I'm used to. They can average up to 17 and a half miles an hour where I'm usually around 16 to 16 and a half. My main question is, if I'm the slowest rider and the rest of the group has to wait at a few stop points for me to catch up, is this ruining the ride for everyone else? Would it be more appropriate for me to go to drop rides and then return to the faster no drop rides when I'm closer to the average speed? Thanks for your thoughts. So this is a really good question because I think we all, especially when we're first getting into group rides, it's that sort of like, I don't know if I belong in this group and I don't really know anyone yet. And You know, I think we really need to go out of our way to be welcoming to the person that doesn't know anyone in the group. And that is one of the things that Genesee Valley Cycling Club, I felt like we really tried to promote. And I actually tried to be more vocal about that as I upgraded, because when I was the new guy, I remember no one talking to me. And it wasn't that people were nasty. It's just our natural social state like you go to a thursday night training race and you talk to your buds and you're like oh who's that random dude in basketball shorts like i don't know cool like maybe i'll say hi later whereas i'm staying there like ah who are all these people like some like you just want somebody to be welcoming and so i think if you can go to a ride where people are faster and it's a no drop ride they know they're on a no drop ride no one should have a problem with someone who's a mile an hour slower now if the group is averaging 18 or 19 and you average 14 then maybe it's like you lean over to somebody and if you're they're probably waiting more than a minute or two then you might say to somebody hey am i like really slowing things up here like could you recommend a group that might be a better fit for me but for ellen's case i mean if she's averaging 16 and a half they're going 17 and a half and they're waiting a minute or two, that's totally normal. Even on team training rides, when you train, you know, cat ones might train with cat threes through the winter. If they, you know, start going through a build phase towards the end of winter and people are like ripping climbs, you just wait at the top for guys. And even your teammates, some people are faster climbers than others. You don't just leave everybody behind on a no drop ride. If someone is flexing and being super weird, it's like, hey, Joey, you need to go to a drop ride. This is not the point of this ride. And really, when 
this brought me back because I remember thinking the first race I got thrown into, shout out to Josh Keeve who dragged me to these training races. <laughs> I was so frightened. I remember the first race in Menden, we we're maybe a quarter of the way through. No, we we're like a half of the half the way through. Sorry, <laughs> I'm laughing so hard thinking about this. We are halfway through the first lap and it was so intense for me to pe- for people to be riding all over e- on top of each other and so close to each other. I'm just like, I'm just going to slide towards the back here. And Mike Minerva is like, dude, you're going to get dropped when people hit the rollers. I'm thinking, that's fine. I just want to ride by myself right now. And I don't, I think I just like blacked out. I don't even remember that race. It was, there was just so much going on because all I knew was riding with one other person and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I think Josh was just thinking, just baptize him by throwing him in the water. And so I think going to group rides is such a good idea. There, I just didn't even know what group rides were then. It was, Josh was like, hey, you're riding a bike. And we went to high school. He's like, you should go to these training races. And so I was like, cool, let's do it. And then you get used to riding in the group. And then you start riding the group and you start, maybe I'm going to start trying to attack. Maybe I'm going to do something. And then you learn those little things where you let yourself get boxed in and somebody attacks and you're thinking, oh, damn, I right now is a moment I feel like I should go and I can't. Okay, where should I have been? And then, you you know, you, you just start slowly learning all these little things. So pick up these things on the group ride. The first thing I would say back to this woman, Ellen, is – if you're averaging 16 and a half and they go 17 and a half, you know what this is a great opportunity to do? Work on your drafting. Work on hiding. Because if someone's pulling at 17 and a half, I promise you everyone else in that group cannot ride that hard. So this is an opportunity for you to think of where are you getting left behind on the course and where can you conserve energy. And I'm talking to another woman who's a cat three who crushes, she does an insanely fast ride. And the one pain point for her is getting over, it's like a three hump stair step where the fast group turns on to the long course and the people that get dropped go on the short course. And we're working on positioning and conservation so that she can, if she can get over those three climbs, she can go and stay with the fast group, I think, or at least try and see how much farther down the road she can get with them. Same thing for Ellen. You know, just keep learning. And at the end of the day, just lean over to one of the ride leaders and say, hey, am I in the right spot? Like, I, I honestly don't know. I'd lo- I love the challenge, but would should I be somewhere else? They'll guide you. And if anyone is not giving you good vibes, hopefully I actually know – where she's coming from she's in a big city uh that she said in another email there's going to be plenty of other rides so just let that group do their own thing find the other group and you'll find your place and then you know as i say that i understand some cyclists don't live in big cities and don't have the maybe most welcome welcoming community all the time maybe it's a little clicky You'll find your people. You might not have a huge group ride. You might end up riding and training with two or three people, but find somebody. I think some of my best training and some of my most memorable rides were long rides with one or two people. The group rides are fun. I love big group rides when it's safe and it's fast and it's, you know, it's great to see a ton of people, but you can still have an amazing time even if you live in the middle of nowhere and you have one person.
And hell, if you really love cycling, I was in Somerville riding by myself 95% of the time. And that was a blast. Just a lot of different adventures. You'll find a way to enjoy it and have fun. But yeah, I, I appreciate this email and I hope everybody is getting the vibe of bike and life needs to be a balance. There's another podcast I make about another athlete that kind of burned himself out. The whole time I was saying, hey, make sure you tell me if you get tired. This is, you know, more training than you're used to. And I won't spoil that one, but it's got to work with life. And if you're not having fun, if you're not getting on the bike and thinking, I can't wait to go ride. This is awesome. And I say it every time. Sure, maybe it's a VO2 max day. You're like, ah, I don't really want to do these intervals. But you know why you're doing them, right? And you get done with them like, whoo, glad I did that. that. That sucked, but that was awesome. So kind of going on some tangents here, but there's so many ways to enjoy this sport. And as you come up and you get more experience, just always be looking to ride with faster people and always remember to look back at where you're from and bring some other people with you who are slower than you and try and lift them up because the more people that get faster, the faster you will get. Be the slowest person in your group. I constantly try to ride with better people. If you are the top dog, you're in the wrong group and you need to constantly be looking for ways to push yourself. Um, be the slowest person. That's in a, You're in a great position. Let's get it.